go out there to all the moms who have historically listened to Deja Vu. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that we're now testing out a new format and we're doing a video show. And you can find that on the Ithacan on YouTube. Uh, you can check out our website and our multimedia page and it should be floating on there somewhere. Uh, I also wanted to let you know that you can find our podcast on iTunes and Spotify because our producer has been a very busy boy and kills himself to put this podcast everywhere that it could possibly be. If you want, you can tune in again in the future and listen to us. I mean, who am I kidding? Probably hate on some movie. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Keep it up. Let us know how we're doing. It's always nice to hear. Hello and welcome to Deja Vu, the Ithacan's weekly review podcast. I'm your host, Jake Leary, and I am here today with staff writer Natalie Newman for the second week in a row and Sophia Adamucci from another podcast on this lovely, lovely network. We're going to talk about Big Mouth today, which comes with a little warning just in advance that this is going to be slightly more inappropriate than our normal show. So beware if you're a small child who is, for whatever reason, listening to this. Um, and with that, Natalie, take us away. So Big Mouth follows the lives um, of a group of seventh graders and their journey through puberty. Um, primarily, we follow uh, Nick, voiced by Nick Kroll, Andrew, voiced by John Mulaney, um, and their friends Missy, voiced by Jenny Slate, um, Jesse, voiced by Jesse Klein, and their hormone monsters, um, Connie and Maurice, who are voiced by Maya Rudolph and Nicole again. Uh, uh, just to be clear, because there's a lot happening here, uh, the hormone monsters are those two lovely guys there, and mm. they, their sole purpose is to get the kids through puberty and get them to embrace their horniness and sexuality. And sometimes uh, make bad decisions, which just adds to the hilarity and conflict. A lot of times make bad <laughs> yeah. decisions. This is a show about young people making the most uncomfortable <laughs> bad decisions. It's so good. Which is, yeah, well, that's why it's so good. Yeah. You can look at so many things that these people do, and even if you haven't done the specifics, uh, some of the more heinous things, <laughs> you can say, oh, I, I get this. Yeah, I also think it's important to say that's a animated show it's not we're not actually watching real children we're watching animated children and it gets away with a lot because that's the medium it uses um, you know there's a lots of scenes with penises all over the place and like talking vaginas and it's just this raunchy like the like the raunchiest show I've ever seen and it follows the lives of literal children which is like the dynamic's very uncomfortable, but it's mm -hmm. hysterical. Like, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen, I think. Yeah, it's very close to being cringe comedy, but it's not. Mm -hmm. I think it's just because it's so relatable that it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. Because um, I don't think anybody gets through puberty unscathed, and this is a show specifically about that. Yeah, um, I, I also think, uh, like, Nick Kroll and all the other creators and writers treat it with a lot of heart. Like, there's a lot of even though it's really uncomfortable and like you said, like they're making horrible decisions <laughs> most of the time, like there's still a lot of love and like, you know, we can't get mad at the characters because they're kids, they're learning. And so if it wasn't so, like sometimes it's very heartfelt, like it'll be, go from the grossest thing ever to like the most heartfelt moment. And you're like, this is like emotional whiplash, <laughs> but like I'm so in for the ride. Yeah, and the last episode of this season, just to completely spoil that, is a really good example. Yeah. Because um, Jessie's arc throughout a lot of this is her slowly becoming depressed. Mm -hmm. And the end is her finally, I don't want to say embracing depression, that's the wrong word, but I guess really falling into that. Mm -hmm. um, and her friends go and save her from that in a very literal sense. Um, yeah. Going into an alternate dimension and saving her from a giant purple cat that represents depression. Yeah, that scene was, it was so creative, I thought. Yeah, I'm, it's surprisingly the perfect platform to talk about a lot of the realities that come with puberty. And I really like how in this season they opened it up to talking about mental illness and talking about like 
different challenges that a lot of people, like a lot of young people do go through that are usually like taboo topics, whether it comes to like, I don't know, like female masturbation is something that they talk about a lot mm -hmm. that's usually never talked about in mainstream media. They talk a lot about like um, sexuality through weird metaphors, <laughs> <laughs> which I enjoy. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's a really good issue show that doesn't feel like an issue show. Yeah. Um, the best example of that is, I guess, what, midway through the season, they do an episode about Planned Parenthood, mm -hmm. which yeah. is a little anthology episode. Yeah, and I've actually, I've been, I've been reading some reviews of the show, and a lot of reviews have been like, okay, yeah, like, it was a good episode, but it, like, totally disrupted, like, the flow of the season. Like, there's been a lot of criticism of that episode, but I actually thought, like, there's nothing wrong with a good capsule episode where you just kind of, you know, you put the overarching uh, plot on hold and just kind of focus on the characters. And I thought it really showed how animation, like, makes that episode possible because we're, like, we're in space, we're in like a horror movie, like it mo jumps all over the place while also being super informative. Um, and one review I read said that like the audience who watches Big Mouth probably already supports Planned Parenthood. So mm -hmm. even though it's kind of a risk, you know, Planned Parenthood is like some people are really up in arms against it. You know, a lot of people support it. And I think you know, Big Mouth kind of probably knew their audience would be really supportive of an episode that fully focused on it. But I just, I, it was like a love letter to Planned Parenthood, and I love Planned Parenthood, so I was like absolutely thrilled. I agree, and also I'm a fan of bottle episodes in general, yeah. and I actually thought that putting this episode in the middle of the season was a really nice break, because I feel like we were already like building up a lot of tension in everyone's character arcs, and this was a really nice opportunity to like talk about something that really matters, especially in like today's political climate. And I feel like it's also a really good opportunity, like as with most of this show, to like reach out to maybe like a younger audience and like explain to them like what contraception is or like what Planned Parenthood does as a whole. So I thought it was educational on top of anything else. And it also shows that the kids, like the show sometimes makes a point of saying like the kids are smarter than the adults they're surrounded by. And that's like em emphasized in this episode with Coach Steve who just <laughs> is like, I don't even know how to describe this character, also vo voiced by Nick Kroll. Like, this man does everything on this show. But he's just kind of an imbecile, has absolutely no sexual experience, yet he's their health teacher, which is kind of sometimes a reality um, in when it comes to, like, public school, like, sex ed. And um, they, like, the kids are the ones that know about Planned Parenthood, know about birth control, you know, know that, you know, abortion, how abortions work. And it's a very, I think it's a good episode that shows that like the youth are learning, like we're a more educated generation. And sometimes like the kids know what's going, like we gotta give it to the kids. Like they know what's up. And I, I, I really, I, I love how smart all these kids are, especially Jesse and Missy, which I think got to shine in the Planned Parenthood episode as well. Yeah, and get to shine generally. Yeah. I, I think what this show does with the two of them um, in a way that we'll talk about a little bit later and, you know, mm -hmm. we'll touch on now, it is very strong and very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also interesting because I feel like this is a show that is from, like, the male perspective mostly, but in very few, like, you don't feel that most of the time. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like they did a good job of, I don't want to say working around that, but, like, acknowledging that and not making it feel, like, gross or overstepping their bounds. Yeah, and I think, like, Maurice the Hormone Monster mm -hmm. is... Like, he's the dirtiest, raunchiest, gr gross. Like, it's just kind of gross sometimes, the things he says and does. But it 
it's never like I never feel like women are like degraded at the expense of a joke which I think shows the talk about sex and young boys going through puberty like sometimes like women are the butt of the joke and like I think Andrew's a good example of this like whenever Maurice is like you know only like her because she has big boobs and Andrew's like that is not cool like I should like a woman because like she's smart too like I like I love what like how you know it's a very it looks at complex issues with a lot of uh, I don't know with a lot of like it actually it just pays attention to like what that like women aren't the butt of every joke when it comes to like male like go males going through puberty yeah. and when the male characters like start doing that and start objectifying people it's always something that's discussed like they're held accountable every single time yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a point in this season where Andrew masturbates to Nick's sister and it's not something that's dropped you know they fight about it and they talk about it and even when Nick and Andrew make up over that, mm -hmm. the conversation is, you can't do this. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't, this isn't something you can do, this isn't okay. Yeah. Um, the fact that, like, you're admitting it doesn't make anything better, you know, this is something that's wrong. Yeah. From a writer's perspective, I, I feel, I find it very satisfying and, like, reassuring that the show follows through, through, like, calling the guys out on what they're doing wrong, especially, like, because they're going through puberty and it's, like, okay for them to make mistakes, but they're calling them out on it now. And I feel like the show is really good at being self-aware, even with, like, their minor characters, Andrew Reynolds' character, who oh, basically in the first... I love his I love character. So in the first season, though, he basically just played, like, this angry, like, quirky gay kid who was, like, very... Like, that was his only characteristic was that he was, like, angry and gay. And then they call that they call him out on that in the second season with another gay character. So I feel like they're it's, like, already growing so much and the character development is growing and the writers are really good at calling themselves out on their mistakes that they're making. Mm -hmm. And it's... I don't know. I feel like on campus, even, I like, a lot of writers aren't aware of that so I think it's it's really cool that the show is doing that yeah I mean it's a show about growing up and growing up absolutely sucks like I've never watched a show about children and been like oh my god thank god I'm an adult like thank <laughs> god I'm like like not a carefree child because it's it shows like children are not carefree like they are they have struggles like we said like mental health sexuality <laughs> and just kind of like yeah with Andrew's character just figuring out like what kind of person you want to be and how you want to treat other people. Maybe I just where you fit in was a yeah. huge thing for his character. I feel like where I think in like it was towards the second half of the season he was like I, I'm not like a guy I don't fit in with the guys but I'm also like not a girl and I felt like that was something that was like hardly ever touched on like yeah. that perspective and that feeling. Yeah. And it's such a common feeling for a lot of people going through adolescence. Yeah first season I remember tweeting about the sleepover episode mm -hmm. and I, I tweeted like I just watched the Big Mouth episode, like sleepover episode, and I feel like I put my heart in a blender. And like sometimes the show really, it makes you really sad, and it's, yeah, it's so emotional. Yeah, it's super emotional. And Andrew, like Andrew's mini arc, really was like yeah. a very emotional point of the season. Yeah, I mean, again, this show captures a lot, and I think a lot of what makes it special comes down to the way it handles those issues. Mm -hmm. um, and we've talked about that a lot already, but like we're going to talk about that in <laughs> even more depth now. And cover some of the few things that we that we missed, um, but it is a strong example of that, and it surprised me too. 
because I think I watched this with you the first time, oh, like yeah. a year ago, and it didn't hit me what this show was actually about. Did I show it to you? Mm -hmm. Oh, when is that why I'm here? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> And it's, it's a good reason to like plug the other podcast, <laughs> to secretly spoil any plan that this is supposed to represent. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I didn't realize what this was, and going well, back and Well, do you it. remember how excited I was? And like, the thing is, I don't like adult cartoons. Like, I don't, I've like never seen Family Guide, I've never seen South Park, and I like, I love this show. Like, I'm so glad I showed it to you. Yeah. It's so interesting that you say that, though, because I feel like I love adult cartoons, and that's why I love this, and I feel like it also reminds me a lot of South Park. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to something else. I'm sorry yeah. to divert no, you away, no, but we're going to go in and dive a little bit deeper into some of these issues that we've touched on. We're, here, we're back. We're going to talk about some of the other issues that we didn't necessarily get to because there's a lot to cover in this show. Um, I think we're going to start with something that was introduced in the second season that wasn't touched on in the first, which is the shame wizard, mm -hmm. which I know is something mm -hmm. you're very passionate about, <laughs> Natalie. Yeah, I have a lot of mixed feelings about the shame wizard because mm -hmm. I feel like his character was a really clever way to talk about shame and, uh, and talk about how everyone kind of feels insecure sometimes. But I also feel like they could have done a more direct way of talking about anxiety through the shame wizard. Like, I feel like everything that the shame wizard did was make these kids like feel anxious and like it really embodied what anxiety is and I feel like it was kind of weird that they were on the nose about depression with the depression kitty but they were kind of perpetuating the stigma about anxiety by not calling the shame wizard out on his like tendencies to, pr to provoke anxiety so I didn't really know how that fit in. Well um, what I did like about the shame wizard was that like Maurice and Connie the two hormone monsters really like fought him and was like <laughs> leave our kids alone like we are trying our hardest yeah. to get them through this and like you are in the way so I really love that like the hormone monsters were like sticking up for the kids in that in yeah. that way and I also liked how all of the kids could see the shame wizard but they didn't know that they could all see the shame wizard until like the very end of the season and they were like oh we're all feeling this way but that also makes me want them to call them out on mental health and anxiety even more because I feel like it would open up a conversation saying like we all can feel anxious and we all can feel shame but it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with us yeah well i think um andrew andrew is a good example of like when they actually start talking about things he's like i feel great like now i want to spill all my secrets which gets him in trouble with nick when he tells him about um in the bathing suit and nick's sister but i think i think at least the show's moving towards like T telling us that it's okay to start mm -hmm. talking about things that make us uncomfortable and we're embarrassed by. Yeah, I mean, and, and as with all things on this show, there's an interesting balance that it strikes, where when Andrew goes without the shame wizard, it's still a problem. Mm -hmm. Like, anxiety is a terrible, terrible thing, mm -hmm. but there's a very tiny root of that that's necessary, mm -hmm. you know, um, which is something that this show covers a lot. Like, you can go through puberty and be a horny child, but, like, you've got to be reasonable and rein that in yeah. you know all of this is about like some sort of control and some sort of restraint and i think yeah. the shame wizard is a very interesting way of doing that yeah or even with jesse when um sh you know she's going through a really hard time with her parents divorce um and she ends up accidentally slut shaming um gina another new character of the show um voiced by gina rodriguez and um J jesse kind of realizes like oh just because i'm going through a hard time is an excuse to like be mean to other people or to be a bad person. Like I still have to take responsibility for my actions, which I mean, is still a message I think adults like need to learn. Like kids are learning these, but I think mm -hmm. the adult viewers also could 
could use some of these lessons. Yeah, I felt like that was a really beautiful character arc that Jesse went through, especially in that moment. And I really liked how the shame wizard like visited Jesse, and but also visited Gina, so you could see kind of the foil of the two and see how like um, Jesse felt bad for basically slut shaming Gina, but then Gina felt bad for feeling that way and feeling like she couldn't express her sexuality the same way that like a guy could per se. Yeah, I love the female characters in this show. I think that's also one of the reasons I love it so much and why I think it's so strong. Like Jesse, Missy, and now Gina too, who we and haven't Lola. talked on. I love Lola. Yeah, Lola. <laughs> <laughs> also voiced by Nick Kroll. Yeah, that <laughs> isn't voiced by yeah. Nick Kroll. <laughs> but um, all of them are super complex. Like I, a show about kids is giving us some of the strongest female characters out there right now. Like mm -hmm. I love Jesse. Like I like. I want to pull her aside and be like, listen, it's going to be okay. Like, you're going to be, like, grow up and everything's going to be fine. But, like, I, I think they handle all the female characters with so much respect. And they show how female friendship is also really important, especially with Jessie and Missy. Yeah, I feel like especially in the, they talked about body positivity and, like, body image in a really unique and, like, really creative way. Mm -hmm. I mean, the song from the Korean day spa is still stuck in my head. <laughs> um, but I think that they also, like, it was a complete arc in the sense that, like, they like they felt bad about themselves, but then they also learned that, like, they don't have to feel bad about themselves, and that's just, like, a stigma and, like, a perpetuation of, like, society, whatever you want to call it. But I thought that that was, like, really important, especially for, like, kids who are watching this to see that. Because that's something that affects, I think, all girls, and no one really thinks about it. Well, the thing about the show is, like, I wish I saw it when I was going through yeah, puberty. But, like, it's not really a show for people going through puberty. It's for adults who have gone through it and can watch it and kind of, you know, like you said, we can relate to maybe not the exact actions, but the feelings the characters are experiencing. But, like, I wish someone had been like, look at Jessie, like, this, like, she's feeling very complex feelings, like, you're allowed to feel it too. And that's, like, it's the show I think would benefit young people, but it's just not for young people. It's, I think it's a little too inappropriate. Well, unless <laughs> kids get to it themselves. Yeah. And then they find it, but <laughs> you get into the same question, are you going to be able to appreciate this thing while yeah, you're going? Yeah, exactly. You kind of need to be out of it to think it's funny. Like, I think if you're experiencing it now, you're going to be like, this isn't funny, like, this is how I feel, and it's awful. But I, um, yeah, this show's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's as good a note as any to end it on. <laughs> uh, I wish we could add infinite more time to talk about this. There's so much that this show does right. Uh, thank both of you for coming on today. Thank you, Natalie, for coming on for a second week in a row. Of course. Uh, now's your chance to plug anything that you haven't gotten to talk about. Um, just follow me on Twitter at Natalie New underscore. <laughs> and Sophia? Um, you can hear more of my opinions on my podcast, We Need to Talk. Um, it comes out every Saturday on the Ithacan's website, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we talk about topics college students actually care about. That's our fun little tagline. And um, you can also find me at Twitter at, at Adamucci underscore. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter at JD underscore Leary. You can listen to this show on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Spotify. You can watch it. Please watch it. So much work goes into <laughs> making this a video show. Um, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for doing whatever it is you're doing, so long as it gets that little counter to go up higher. <laughs> this has been Deja Vu. Thank you for watching, listening, whatever. I just went through that already. <laughs>